Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers. This is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 334. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is Todd Sander, who is the CEO of the Greater Phoenix Chamber. And he is one individual that we were happy to meet and talk with. He gave us a lot of insight during the pandemic of what the economy has been through with Arizona. And we were excited to share this episode with you guys. I'm always nervous when I'm meeting potential big heads like this. So please bear with me in the beginning because I was a little bit nervous. But that being said, we always enjoy sharing their information. So keep up with them in the bio links below and keep up with us at Finding Arizona Podcast uh, at FindingArizonaPodcast.com and all of our episodes are there for you to go check out along with the blog and the vlog and the newsletter. The blog is a little bit more of the personal side and so is the vlog that is very personal to our family. It shows a lot of insights of what we've been through and on top of that it shows our son personally. It's just really one of those things we like to keep as memories and then on top of that the blog is just telling you what's going on with the podcast behind the scenes things like that the newsletter if you just want the official stuff you just want coupons you want things that'll just be like what episodes coming up next and then just quick little things here and there to links that is what that newsletter is for. So we hope that you guys are checking everything we have to offer to you and keeping up with us on social media at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. Uh, also, if you want to go become super fans, there's places for you to go do so. Patreon.com slash FindingArizonaPodcast for now. And then moving forward, we are moving along to a lot of things behind the scenes. Uh, Britt and I are actually sick right now. Little guy gave us his uh, little cold that's going around but that's okay we are develop we are we're trying to get better we're trying to feel better and that's what we are doing we're also just chugging along with the episodes and that being said we want to bring back something that was important to us in the beginning which was the community cork board there's a lot of events going on during the fall season so that being said let's jump right into it the very first episode of uh community cork board back in session here so the very first event that i'm going to be talking about is happening tomorrow october 16th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. over at 1100 North Central Avenue, Phoenix. It's a $10 event. It is Barks and Boozy Brunch. Bring your little ones down, your little four-legged creatures down to a time of fun event where you can get some apple cider mimosas. You can uh, get some pumpkin cider pancakes, all the fall goodness. There's a lot of uh, people who will be doing some dog-related events like yoga, things of that session um, so go check it out available to you dog owners and next up i want to promote this one because it is something that i'm interested in myself which is actually a puppetry uh yes there is over at the greater phoenix puppet theater they'll be having two events called dr zombies puppet slam of terror taking place um again today which is october 14th and october 15th 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. those two events and you can get your tickets uh, they're gonna be $20 give them a call at the AZ puppet uh, puppets.org and then 602 262 
2050 for those tickets. Next up, our last little uh, community corkboard. We wanted to highlight someone, an individual from our past. That's Daniel Dirk, who is a musician writer. She's got a couple events coming up November 8th and 21st over at the Rebel Lounge. So if you want to go see some live music, 7.30 on the 8th and uh, on the 21st, that'll be 7 p.m. over at the Rebel Lounge. Go check out Daniel Durek. She is fantastic. That is the end of our community corkboard and the end of our little intro here. So again, go check us out, findingarizonapodcast.com, and we will catch you on the next episode. See y'all. Hey guys, it's Jose. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Have you been like me, been outside every three months just doing your own pest control and you're frustrated, you had it up to here from your wife? Well, I got a place for you, happybeespestcontrol.com. They are the number one, first and only pollinator friendly pest control company in Arizona. And I wanna give you a chance to save $25 by going over to Happy Bees Pest Control slash finding AZ, or just give them a call 602-529-8797 to get everything from pest control, rodent control, mosquitoes, and bed bugs. Tell them Finding AZ sent you and get your discount today. This podcast episode is sponsored by the No Global Membership. Get into the room to network with other women you want and need to know. Link to join the Global Membership is in the show notes. Claim your freebie today. Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. As always, we bring in very special guests, and today is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, I actually have uh, a little spiel here that I would love to pull up and just kind of kind of get my voice in, in, the, in the zone here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I would love to introduce you to the CEO of the Greater uh, Phoenix Chamber of Commerce, uh, actually a non-native Arizona, originally from uh, Bogota, Colombia. He is an NAU graduate who now sits at his position for the last 13 years and also has been with the chambers for the last 20, almost the last 20 years. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd love to introduce you, Todd. Am I saying this right? Sanders? That's correct. Yeah. Awesome. Great to meet you. And and uh, congrats on, on pronouncing Bogota, right? Most people get it wrong. So well done. <laughs> Hey, you you did all the work because uh, for those of you who haven't um, already listened to some of Todd's interviews before, and I've done cursory inter- uh, research myself, but it, if you go and check out uh, Big AZ Media, Todd has done a wonderful uh, podcast with them. And so thank you again for joining us. I have so many things to get in with you just to kind of... Uh, um, I guess this is the kind of the question that we've always asked everyone and just as because it's been such a big part of affecting the world is what has the Chamber of Commerce had to deal with during the pandemic and some of the pivots that they've had to do internally, but also some of the insights that you've seen from every uh, a larger perspective of the economy? Well, First of all, thank, thanks for having me. It's, it's a real pleasure um, yeah. and ap- appreciate the question. And I think it's an important question. I, I think like like everyone else, I think it was um, I think it was March 13th of, of 2020. I sat down with our chairman and said, I think I've, I think we've got to send everybody home. And his, yeah. and his response was, you have no choice. <laughs> um, and and the next day we, we did that. And I think yeah. like everyone, we um, we had to make a pretty significant transition. Um, and, you know, I think uh, at that point we were constantly 
um, trying to meet and, and figure out not only how we were going to continue to business, but what we were going to do. And it became clear that we, we couldn't sort of do what we always did. That, yeah. that wasn't what was needed. So what we ended up doing is, is taking our staff and really sh- reshuffling them, mm-hmm. taking people who, for instance, were, were, were events professionals and putting them into data roles yeah. uh, and start to really dig into some of the big questions that were out there from, from our members, from, from the community. I mean, well, we, we decided at that point it wasn't a, a membership question. This was an Arizona question. Yeah. So we, we were sort of open for everybody. And what were some of those big issues that they were facing and trying to help them navigate those issues by by putting as much information out there as possible so that was the that was the really big pivot that that we saw at that time yeah i think that's one of the things that we've started to also see just from the in the trenches kind of standpoint and being the interview person to some of these smaller businesses and medium-sized businesses um we've just kind of seen the perspective of resiliency and just kind of understanding where they stand and what the what the what they bring most to their clientele and and the customers that they that they want to improve upon like keep doing the essentials but also uh you know just give that ability a mobile perspective right. almost sometimes and you know it was just one of those things that i found enjoyable just from the silver lining standpoint as far as who's really looking inward and really understanding their business um, their your employees, their uh, where they stand, and you know, just really taking an inward look. Um, so, thank you again from that perspective. I would like to also ask you, you know, personally, standpoint, you know, your own family, and just kind of where you guys um, stood. How did how are you doing personally, and and just kind of like having to deal with your own transition into? I imagine a lot of the committees that you turn or were dealing with turned to a digital aspect and your home, you know, you went from probably going to the office and dealing in the office now having to home office. You're absolutely right. And, and I will say that, that I, I will, I will consider myself fortunate. And mm-hmm. we talked to, like you mentioned, a lot of businesses, a lot of our um, retail businesses out there that were essential. Yeah. You know, people needed to get food. People needed to get essential services and they didn't have the choice to stay home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, in many ways, I'm, I'm fortunate, my, my team's fortunate, uh, but it did, it did significantly change the way we did business. And, and in some ways, to your point about silver linings, I remember we used to tell people, well, if you want to telecommute one day a week, we'll, 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 you know, we'll, we'll work something out. But the, the, the question was always, you know, what are we, how are we going to get a full work day in? And very quickly, I mean, I'm talking about within two or three days, it was apparent that it the issue wasn't enough. It was too much. People were mm-hmm. people were were not put, put you know not ending the day and they were they were continuing to work um, yeah. and I think that's that's pretty common when you look across the business community our our committees uh, our board of directors absolutely we were virtual yeah. um, and and we've only had a few in person meetings we'll be meeting in person in September nice. but that was a pretty big a pretty big switch for us and mm-hmm. for our team coming back um, I think we learned a few things we learned that people can. Uh, can do work both at home and the office. And so we're, we've adopted a, a hybrid model for our team. That's wonderful. We're, we're, uh, the, the team gets it done. When we come in, we, we're very productive in that sense. So so you're right. There were some 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 really important silver linings and some good learnings as well yeah. from the pandemic. Yeah, I think uh, I, I imagine that there are certain things that like, again, cross over and just really manage well. And one of the things that I just really want to say as far as 
um, giving perspective to our conversation is you're not only someone who has been in your particular standpoint and you've dealt with this pandemic and I wanted to bring in, you know, your years here. Uh, you've dealt with the crisis of um, 2008 and just kind right. of the the pivotal turn in there. And I bring this up because just kind of the scenario here is things changed at that critical point in time. And there were changes in 2008 that we had to uh, look at and kind of see, you know, I, my eternal, my overall question is, what are some of the investments that we did in 2008 that were pivotal to keeping and sustaining some of the economics uh, for Arizona in the pandemic time? Well, I think that's a, a really insightful question. Um, and you're 100% correct. I always like to joke that I took over in 09. I had lots of hair. And then I actually <laughs> had to go through the Great Recession. Um, but we did learn a lot. I think one of the things we learned was that we we needed to diversify the economy. And I will yeah. give uh, from the governor on down to the mayor and, and the legislature and city council a lot of credit, along mm -hmm. with a lot of organizations that saw that need. And so from 08, from the ashes of 08, yeah. we started to diversify the economy. And I I mean, I think we all remember um, the, the big question was, uh, is the economy going to crash? Yeah. What happens in in uh, in this in this case with this pandemic? And certainly we saw a dip. But mm -hmm. um, what we saw was a dip and not a crash. And then we saw an incredible rebound. And that was as a result of looking at the economy in a different way and really being intentional yeah. about how we were going to create this new economy. And I think, you know, there discussions I've had, you know, we could be heading towards a recession maybe at the end of this year that's going to be uh, pretty, pretty light. And then mm -hmm. another significant rebound. And I would attribute that to a solid foundation under this economy, which is, mm -hmm. is so incredibly important. Would you, I mean, can you give us some perspective? I mean, you can kind of tell from just in the air of, or just kind of reading through the tea leaves, as they say, and just kind of hearing um, news broadcasts from local uh, radio and news broad, uh, you know, television as well. Uh, Arizona is now like diversified in healthcare. Um, we've diversified into tech. Uh, you know, some of those pivotal main categories. Can you give us some more of like, give us more insight on those those choices and where they kind of lie today? Right. I mean, it, yeah, as you remember back in 08, a lot of it was, was housing. It was um, uh, leisure, uh, mm -hmm. travel, that kind of thing. And and now you're right. We, we have financial services as well. Mm -hmm. yes. Significant increase in financial services. Healthcare is really big. We can't forget about, as you mentioned, IT, but advanced manufacturing. Yes. TSMC, largest semiconductor company in the world, now mm -hmm. here in Phoenix, a $12 billion investment, um, as well as some some really nice strides in aeronautical engineering. In the, and mm -hmm. so I think as you look across that spectrum, you have a great portfolio. Now, yeah. what does that mean? It means for us to be able to retain these companies, we're going to have to work to keep them here. And we're going to have to make sure that there is a qualified workforce that can meet Sure. the the significant needs of these companies. So when you think about lessons of 08 and then looking at today and what we need to be thinking about, because mm -hmm. everything's cyclical, we'll come out of this recession, but you can't believe that it'll go on forever. What yeah. are we going to do to insulate ourselves? And I do think that part of that's going to be a qualified workforce Absolutely. here in Arizona. And I think I, that's 
it's beautifully said and beautifully uh the intention is i i see it every day and just kind of the conversation again i i draw back to that uh other podcast and just in the sense that you had brought up some of the workforce education um things that you have had brought into light um one of the other things that i would like to ask you is one in the interview they had asked you some of the benefits from these larger industries coming into arizona and i would actually love to pinpoint and just kind of ask you some of the concerns that we might need to um you know just be aware of uh you know we like you said the backbone in that interview the backbone of arizona is the smaller and medium size you know uh entrepreneurs that are here in Arizona, but I would love to just, you know, some, just as much as the workforce is a positive thing that they're bringing in, you know, sustainability, um, you know, the, the environment being a very big pivotal for me as a landscape architect that, um, I would love to just, you know, maybe some concerns or some things that we're not drawing light to that you yeah. might have insight on. No. And, and I think, you know, this is the the right time to do those those kinds of exercises, yeah. and you're 100 percent right. And and it goes back, I think, to really good policy. So, yeah. what do we need to be thinking about? Well, first of all, we need to think about infrastructure, right? We can't let we can't get ahead of ourselves and mm -hmm. then be chasing uh, infrastructure. So, yeah, that's something that we're going to have to focus on. Um, we're going to have to continue to invest in not only roads. But light rail, multimodal transportation, all of those things that make this a, the right place to live. We're yeah. obviously, um, like the rest of the West, in a drought situation. Mm -hmm. So when we when we look at new development, how are we thinking about water? Yes. Um, and I know that was a lot of the discussion, for instance, with TSMC coming here. Let's make sure that we have the adequate water supply to to make sure that we don't we don't put ourselves in some sort of deficit. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think those are some of the the, the critical aspects of um, economic development and policy that mm -hmm. we need to be thinking about. You're right. We can't just think about the positives, and there are a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, but we need to be smart about how we continue to grow the economy. It's I, it's absolutely critical. Just like I, I mentioned with with talent, talent, uh, infrastructure, uh, the environment, water. All of these things are part and parcel to the same discussion. Yes, and I, I think that that is something very like. Again, you're 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 drawing um, and and speaking to a, a right demographic of like entrepreneurs who want to do the smart thing and and just really bring um, a very positive light to Arizona and bring a positive environment to Arizona. And I think it's wonderful. I've seen um, a lot of feedback or just just wonderful um, little things that are coming to light from the in you know like you said the the education portion and the trickle down economics from these larger industries coming in uh i would love to get kind of the education portion out because there is a, a key component that you actually kind of you know you have a, a great you know passion about for yourself can you yeah, draw no. it? You, you, I do have a passion about it, and, yeah. and I think I mentioned this before. You, uh, from an early age, diagnosed back in in my day, diagnosed dyslexic, and and certainly that created huge barriers for me. And mm -hmm. um, once I got the right help, the ability yeah. to to read sort of it changed my life. I mean, that's I did I not of, know that. It's 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 pivotal for me in my in my world, right? I can't, and yeah. I worked at the legislature before this, and so to be able to read was really important. And so Absolutely. to me, from a sort of personal journey, my perspective is that that education is such an important element and a great equalizer. 
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so for us at the chamber, you know, we have been involved for a number of years on a policy front um, sure. uh, on, on the education issue. It's it's critically important. I mean, certainly important for business, but but even more important for a strong community, a strong state. Yeah. Um, and so as as we started looking at um, existing businesses and wondering and asking them, you know, what are some of your big challenges? We, we thought we sort of knew. It turns out we didn't. It was yeah. it was workforce. And so we started uh, to think about how we might cha- uh, take on this challenge. And by happenstance, um, we were in uh, we were in another state and mm-hmm. we were actually in, in Tennessee and Nashville looking at some of the things that they had done. They've done some really innovative things there and ran into a big group from Phoenix Union. Yeah. And and over that trip, we started talking and said, what can we do together? How can yeah. we maybe come together business and education to to do one thing, to make sure that we're giving kids an opportunity, that they're mm-hmm. going to graduate and they're going to be ready for a career or for college. Um, but they're, but we think we can do better. And that's where that started with, with Phoenix Union. I think one school, um, we just expanded to 13 high schools. Wow. Um, and, it, and again, the goal is the same. How do we make sure that we're giving kids the opportunity that we've had to succeed in life and to have the right tools? Um, Absolutely. And, and, and really instilling them the idea that it's not black or white. It's not college or career. It's all of that. It's mm-hmm. the idea that you're a lifelong learner, especially in this economy. Yep. Um, you need to be able to reinvent yourself every three to five years. And that means you're going to continue to learn. So that's really where that was born. And I'm I'm excited to say we're going to continue to expand this work because we believe that that this kind of approach really can make a difference at the grassroots level to yeah. get kids um, up to speed and to make us um, the place that that, you know, people want to continue to come to businesses want to yeah. continue to come to and people want to live here. Can you give me insight on like when you plan to do like a secondary, like maybe survey to kind of get the perspective from those bigger industries or do you continue to do so every year? We do. We do okay. on, a, on a monthly basis. We're talking oh, wow. to business okay. in, in the industries that I mentioned, for instance, yeah. we're talking to them all the time. And what we're doing is we're working with them. to, to So we know exactly. So what's what's relevant today for yeah. let's talk about healthcare. What are some of the skills that 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 if people want to go into healthcare, either as a career out of high school or into college, what are some of the things that they need to be doing now? What do they need to be learning? What's Got what's it. the what's the curriculum? So then we work with the high school, our high school partners to make sure that those kids are on that right track and they understand what is mm-hmm. needed, what's required and what it's going to lead to. Yeah. Um, so that is that is a, a continual conversation we're having with industry. And I will say our our partners at the high school level have been phenomenal. Where yeah. now we have a, the the agreement with Phoenix Union. We now have an agreement with Mesa as well. So you have the two largest awesome. school districts in the state. Um, and you know, our goal is to build this out mm-hmm. throughout Maricopa County. And then once we have it ready, right, you know, I think, you know, in a place that it, it, that we can help other counties, we want to we want to go to other counties around Arizona and, 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 and allow them to use the same model so yeah, that they can they can do the same thing. Yeah, I think it's important, too. It's like um, it. One of the things that I find interesting is that you're using it on a particular scale of like the industry in say the greater Phoenix area, and you can kind of, you know, revamp that model to say, you know, like a Tucson area or maybe in a Flagstaff area. Right. And very different, very unique. And also if you educate the area surrounding areas and those who want to stay or even maybe transition to another city, but still in the same state, it works. It just fits. It really does. And, and when I think about the rural areas of the state where we see definitely higher levels of poverty, mm-hmm. if we could create a more qualified workforce, that will bring more companies to the rural areas, create yeah. more economic development, more, more opportunity for people to stay 
in their communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there's, that's an incredible opportunity for us. And again, mm-hmm. it's the great equalizer. Once again, it shows you that it, you, no matter how you slice it, education can be such an important part of everyone's life. And it should be. Absolutely. I would love to get more of um, a personal look, if you don't mind, into you a little bit, just because um, I do have a couple of questions that had come up in my head as you were speaking about your own history. And just one of the things that popped up was um, your family moved here in the 80s, correct? Yes. And it was based on the Arizona Highway magazine? Yeah, we were were, were living in Columbia. um, Mm -hmm. And at that time, back in the day, we there was no cable in Colombia with no satellite, so yeah. we the embassy would invite people that were in you know in in Bogota Americans to come watch the Super Bowl. So they invited a bunch of people, and we were there watching. Um, and at halftime, there was no halftime show that we could see. There was yeah. no feed for us. Yeah. So my dad's on Arizona highways and was was looking through it and said, "What an amazing place!" Um, if, as we think about coming to the states, my parents were both Americans coming back to the states this might be a place for us to go to. So yeah. I always hold, uh, I always, there's a soft spot in my heart for Arizona highways. Yeah. Oh, that, well, it just, it, yeah, it does. It blows my mind that a, that a small, well, not a small, but they, yeah. I mean, they were one of the, like they ran for a very long time and I just, it, it blows my mind that it made it all the way to Columbia like yeah. that. And it's it just really great. Yeah. I remember looking through it with my dad and thinking, that, that, and we did, we, we actually decided on the Southwest. We we landed in Albuquerque. Yeah. Um. And drove. We went from. We looked at Santa Fe. It was for us, and we drove towards Phoenix and and Arizona. And we we got here. We were like, okay, this is it. This is yeah. the place. I love so, it. That's that's yeah. really fun. Um. I you know just to give you insight on my family, like uh, my parents met in the military, so they were in I think North or South Carolina on basic training, and you know they moved uh, to Phoenix. Had me. Then moved back out east to Bethlehem or near Allen, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And when we moved back, I was about a teenager. And again, you're just, I'm just thrown, uh, I'm thrown into a city life for most of my early year. And then you throw, I go back to an Indian reservation where it's, it's, you know, talk about just bare bones. And it's like one of those life-changing moments for me mm-hmm. as a as a person as an individual and as a, a you know just a lifelong lover of Arizona because you know as different as it may be or different I loved and it's still some of my favorite moments living out there and just some of the most memories that I have and the best memories that I have about the the culture the environment the state as a whole um just learning about everything that just being there, it allowed me to just become a lifelong lover. And I, I hope that through our conversation and just, you know, who you are as an individual, like that is something that really, you don't have to be a native, like you don't have to you know grow up here. You can have that in your own special way and still do what you do. Like, you, you know, no one would expect someone from Columbia to be, you know, in the position or someone who, you know, I grew up on the East coast be doing this podcast. So it's, again, I hope that people understand that what we're doing here is, is a, a level of passion and a level of love. And we, we just doing our best here. <laughs> well, I, I agree. And I'll tell you, I, to me, the, the, that part of Arizona is, is so incredibly special. We, I, 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 I there's something about, um, that part of our state that just I, I think is people have to see it 
Yeah. Um, we, we over the summer we went to uh, to Chile, um, oh, and nice. we ended up down in Patagonia, and we actually got to spend um, an evening with a um, an, indig- an indigenous family, and they oh, nice. invited us in, and we spent some time with them. And what we one of the things that was so incredible was the similarities mm-hmm. between those native people and our native people and how they live and, and how they see the world and the environment. And yeah. it, it was, it blew us away. And a, a good reminder that while it seems like everyone is so polarized these days, that we're a lot more similar than we are or more than we are different. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that continues to be something I strive for with this podcast is the similarity aspect is, you know, if you hear the different stories and and just kind of what you said there is the, the ability to share those moments and those stories allow us to connect better and just really give us insight on the the world as a whole and the state as a whole, too. Um, I, I really do appreciate uh, what you've brought to the table here. And if I could just kind of. Uh, give you the opportunity to share uh, some goals and, you know, maybe some things that, uh, you know, what you, you personally or what the business as a, you know, Phoenix Greater, Phoenix Chamber of Commerce uh, wants as a whole uh, for the next couple of years. This is your chance to really, I guess, give the universe or the audience, as I like to say, just the chance to maybe give you hope or a chance to help. So go ahead, Todd. Well, thank you for that opportunity. And, you know, I think for us, and when I think about the chamber, it really, it's it's about servant leadership and how we can continue to make our state a better place. And, and, and so some of the goals are, you know, how do we do that, for instance, from a policy perspective? Um, And, and in these, these elections, obviously there, there's a lot out there and how do we look beyond sort of the, the, the culture wars and think about, all right, well, what, what do we need to be thinking about long-term? We talked about mm-hmm. infrastructure, for instance, and water. What are some of those things that if we pay attention to them today, we're going to be talking about them in 20 years as a big success. And so yeah. for, for me and my team, that's a critical part of that. The other, as I mentioned earlier, is, is education. Um, let's that, that There is no better investment in my mind uh, than investing in, in education. So we're going to continue that. Like I mentioned, one of the big goals is really to expand in Maricopa County. So if you're... Mm-hmm. If you're an administrator here in Maricopa County, um, we're going to be calling you and hopefully we can partner with you. And then finally, the, the other thing that you, you you maybe don't associate with chambers, but one of the things that we started uh, probably about five years ago mm-hmm. was um, a diversity and inclusion program. And yes. and I think you talked about small and mid-sized businesses. Um, you know, when you look at a large business or multinationals, they're really good at being able to put together a good diversity, inclusion and equity program. But a lot of small and mid-sized businesses want to do that. Mm-hmm. They don't know where to start. So we've actually put together a, 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 a comprehensive toolkit for them oh. so they can start down this journey. And we're supporting nice. them on a quarterly basis um, and updating that as we go. Um, and so that's another one that I think yeah. for us is is really, really key yeah. as we move forward. Um, personally, you you mentioned 19 months old. I got an 18-year-old. He's about to, he's about to go um, off to college at Gonzaga. My my personal goal is to is to is to not is to make him believe me when I say I've got allergies when I drop him off. Oh, um, and uh, and and get through that. Uh, uh, so so that'll be my my closest um, interim goal at least for the next well the next two weeks and then we'll go from there. Go get him! I really do. I, my heart goes out to you because every day that, that kid walks or it just gets away from me or just like just another independent level, I just it because I'm at home with him that like you know just the most I'm like 
Yep. Oh, it, it, you know, you're going to be walking out that door one day and I'm just, it's going to, it's right here. And well, that's so, the way yeah. to look at it. Long yeah. nights, short years. Trust yes, me. Yes, exactly. So kudos <laughs> to you. Congratulations to your son uh, and a congratulations to all the success. And I really do thank you for coming aboard. Again, this last portion is for you to let everyone know where they can find you online, all uh, key events, uh, maybe an address or a phone number that you want to throw out there. Go right ahead and uh, promote yourself. Sure. Well, thank you. And the, the best way to do that is at phoenixchamber.com. You can find out all about what we're doing from a policy perspective, education, some of our events. We will be uh, next um, next month. We're going to have our economic outlook, which is uh, mm -hmm. always uh, well well attended. I think a fascinating event this year. No exceptions. Uh, so we will certainly look forward to seeing everyone there. And and hopefully, Jose will have a, a chance to uh, to meet in person at some some point uh, soon. Absolutely. I have no doubt that you and I are going to cross cross paths again because we've again. I always say this to a lot of people it's a very small world here it is a very like as funny as it may be as big as this place may be it's uh, it, crossing paths is very uh you you never know i might cross paths with you like at a local place like that's yeah. how funny that this small world is I might cross paths at like some kind of local spot so i do Absolutely. hope so and uh thank you again for being so just very great at what you do and just talking with me because someone like myself who's just a citizen and just wants to be as helpful as possible. This is again, a highlight for me and just to talk to someone with your background. So uh, before we go, we have a little end piece for us. You can hear every episode of our podcast at findingarizonapodcast.com. We make it easy for everyone to connect with us. That's Finding Arizona Podcast on all social media. And last but not least, we say, she's not here right now. I usually have a dog right here, but uh, we usually say kisses, hugs, and belly rubs to our four-legged friends. And we will catch you on the next episode. Have a good night, y'all.